Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Now let's get on to some shout-outs. Dax from Georgia made an awesome little Lego creation of Randy the Robot. That was so cool, Dax. I think if you were a character from the stories, you'd be a real robot creator, but you'd have special potions that you'd sprinkle on the robots to bring them to life. And Leon from Long Beach shared an awesome drawing of Master Momo. Thanks for that, Leon. I think if you were a character in the stories, you would be the master of the Long Beach Dojo, and you would protect the city when giant evil squids climbed out of the ocean to attack. Thanks for listening, Leon. Today's story is titled, Rosie is a Cat, Part 2. Rosie had a fine ride to the academy, and her spirits were beginning to lift. Just a little bit ago, she had nearly given up on her quest to be turned back into a human and retrieve her epic. She had more or less decided to live with a family of cats in the forest forever when Mallory and Calvin approached her and said they would help her get her epic back. It was all very exciting. Mallory and Calvin led Rosie into the academy and introduced her to their friends. The people there were amazed to be meeting a talking cat and Rosie quickly became quite popular. Eventually, Mallory, Calvin, and Rosie met Professor Pilsen in his office and told him all about their adventure. So you see, the Bizzards have Rosie's epic and we need to get it back, finished Mallory, after filling in Pilsen on everything they knew about Rosie. Pilsen turned to the little cat. The land of your people is thousands of miles away. How were you able to travel all the way to the valley on your own? Well, I found out it's pretty easy to sneak onto merchant ships as a little cat, explained Rosie. I just slip on whenever they're loading up and find a nice place to hide for the trip, usually close to the ship's kitchen so I can eat some scraps while the crew is asleep. I see, said Pilsen. You're aware of the possibilities when dealing with bizzards, then? They are often wild and unpredictable. Well, I know they can turn people into cats, said Rosie. Arlo will accompany you, said Pilsen. He spent much of his youth in the southern swamps and knows the area well. Sounds great, Professor, said Calvin, getting up and walking out the door. We're going to go get geared up now. We'll tell you all about it when we get back. Mallory and Calvin were so excited about getting to go on another mission that they ran through the halls and out to Hamish's outdoor laboratory. Lately, the only missions they'd been going on were being sent to town for supplies or fishing for dinner in Lake Winnipesaukee. Rosie followed Mallory and Calvin as fast as she could through the halls and came to a stop once they reached Hamish's. She was shocked to see a big purple dragon mixing and stirring some ingredients at a table out there. Oh my goodness, you've got a dragon? She blurted out. Oh no, dear, no one has me. I just live here said Hamish. I'm Professor Hamish, lead teacher for all things potiony. And you must be Rosie, this talking cat everyone is so excited about. Frankly, as a talking dragon, I don't really see what the big deal is. Yeah, I guess, said Rosie. I suspect you've come out here to get all geared up for your mission, said Hamish. Calvin and Mallory nodded excitedly, and Hamish began tossing things on a table nearby. All right, here's some healing potions and a few minor shield amulets, and here's a couple knockout sticks. Mallory and Calvin put the items in their adventure bags as Hamish lay them out. 
And for you, little Rosie, I've got this flying charm, said Hamish, holding out a small gold charm in the shape of a single wing. It doesn't have enough power to make a human fly, but I think, given your smaller size, it should work just fine. Hamish attached the charm to a thin leather necklace and then tied it around Rosie's neck. As Mallory and Calvin continued packing their bags, Rosie tried out her charm. She leaped up and discovered that she could fly. At first, she just hovered a couple feet above the ground. She floated in circles, getting higher and higher until she was up as high as the academy buildings, and she safely floated back down. By now, Rosie noticed her new friend Chewy and another kid who looked kind of like a crocodile talking to Mallory and Calvin. Hey, Rosie, this is Arlo, said Mallory. He's a dragon kid, and he's going to join us. Arlo nodded at the little kitty. Hey, well, we better get going. Rosie climbed on Chewie's back again to hitch a ride. She could fly there just fine, but why fly when you can ride a dog? And the group hiked miles and miles south to the edge of the southern swamps, and they trudged through the muck and the mud, trying to remain quiet. Arlo led the group, and he finally turned back to the others and put his finger to his lips and pointed ahead. They crept slowly, silently forward, and a tall wooden fence came into view. This fence was probably ten feet tall, and it went in a huge, wonky circle, completely blocking the Bizzard's camp and protecting them from the dangers of the southern swamps. Even though... By now, most creatures and people knew to steer clear of the Bizzard's camp. That's it, whispered Arlo. I think we should do some more scouting and then come up with a good plan of entry. Arlo and Mallory nodded, and Rosie whispered back. I'll creep around the camp and see what I can see. I'm little, so no one will notice me. Rosie hopped off Chewie's back and began rolling in the mud. She twisted on the ground until her white fur was brown and black and she blended in nicely with the forest. The little kitten slunk and darted all around the fenced bizzard camp, trying to figure out a way in and gathering information. She returned a bit later and shared what she had learned while scouting. The fence is solid. There's no way to sneak in. The front gate is open and there are a few guards standing around, Rosie began. I saw inside, through the open gate, and there are lots of bizzards and other people in there. I did see people coming and going through the open gate. Did you see the bizzard who took your epic? asked Calvin. Rosie shook her head. All right then, said Arlo. We need to get in there and look around. We can pretend to be traitors, said Mallory. Exactly, agreed Arlo. But let's keep our hoods low so no one recognizes us. I have this mustache, said Calvin, as he stuck a fake mustache onto his upper lip. Why do you have a fake mustache? asked Mallory. Oh, I literally never leave home without it, said Calvin. I knew it'd come in handy someday. You want one? I have another one in my bag. Mallory rolled her eyes and shook her head. Suit yourself, said Calvin. All right then, Rosie, why don't you get in my bag, said Arlo. You can poke your head out and scan the area for the bizzard that we're looking for. As Rosie climbed into Arlo's backpack, she described the bizzard in question. He's got dark gray fur, 
and a big scar that stretches across one eye from his forehead down to his chin. The others nodded, and they got ready to move out. They pulled their hoods down low to obscure their faces and walked to the front gate of the Bizzard Camp. The End Thanks for listening, friends. The website is kidstoriespodcast.com. The email is kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com. You're awesome. Adios.